We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. Congratulations to Stewart in Wichita. Um, really happy to have the ability to give folks some stuff. It's always fun. Uh, our appreciation of Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, for joining us. KU gets underway tomorrow. You'll hear the game right here on KFH. We'll have much more on that uh, as we make our way through tomorrow's show, obviously. You get the start of the Big 12 tonight. You've got Wichita State's women now on a magical run trying to punch a ticket after an historic win yesterday. Just an unreal performance against South Florida. Awesome. Tommy mentioned you text me and immediately get the game on, catch the finish. Everybody. I mean, that's one of those things like, so for us in a newsroom, like I got in right right as the game was coming down to the conclusion. And I'm like, hey, guys, like we, we got something cooking here. And then everybody drops everything and like all right let's go let's get all this in it's one of those cool things that happens and you know it was simply unexpected because it had never happened before right we weren't really when you see the draw and you see Wichita State has to go through the one seed and you know that that never happens it just really like it really stuns you in a good way and that's March and it's March Madness and we love it and they'll play again today in the semifinals against Houston at four o'clock and I can tell you, based on you know Keith Adams and the players' tone afterward, it was like that was a fun little locker room celebration. But we're done. Like we got it because we know. Like that's it. We got to win the next one, or or it doesn't matter. And and so it's a lot of fun and love it. And uh, it it is you know the atmosphere of that team. If you've ever been around them, it is a great group of women. They have a blast. They're energetic. You know the wins haven't been there on the court, but it is. I, I think everybody's pretty happy to see the success coming here in the postseason for them. Uh, Tommy, we mentioned Lamar Jackson. We'll get back into that. But Daniel Jones was another curious case yesterday. He signs a deal. The Giants commit. Daniel Jones is pretty polarizing. Not not like personality or anything. Just on he sort of fits that mold of what are you going to do with this guy, right? And, and, you know, he's tantalized at times and he's underwhelmed at times. And his contract wasn't overwhelming. It was, I thought, fine, right, for... You know, you're not going to break the bank paying Daniel Jones, which is a part of the appeal when you got to pay a quarterback, right? Like if Daniel Jones works out, they're going to have him on a team-friendly deal if, you know, if if it goes that way. If it doesn't, then obviously they'll have to suck it up. But I thought it was just about right, and I thought the Giants needed to move forward with Daniel Jones, and I think that they'll be the worst team in the division next year, and I think that they'll regress. But I don't think that means he will necessarily regress. They're bringing back Saquon Barkley. They have had as bad a situation at wide receiver as any team in football. I I think for me, it just continues to be, you see flashes with Daniel Jones. Like he's a gamer. I like Daniel Jones as a player. 
I, I still need to see him with some legitimate weapons because for whatever reason, he just never has any. They're always hurt or whatever it is. And and I hope that they can get him some guys in there to to see if we can really see that the ceiling for Daniel Jones, because I don't think we know what it is yet. That comment about the, the Giants is basically your way of telling me you're a Cowboys fan without actually telling me you're a Cowboys no, fan. No, no. I, I don't I think, think the Giants are going to be the worst team in the, the division at all. Uh, I, I think that we saw Daniel Jones be the best version of himself with Brian Dable. I head hope coach. that's not the best version of himself. I what hope I'm that's saying, not the best version. What I'm saying is that he wasn't able to really show what he could do before Brian Dable came around. And they're going to have another year together, a full offseason together, to be able to get ready for this upcoming year. And yeah, they need help at the wide receiver position for sure. I actually don't love the idea of franchise tagging Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, but okay, I get it. You want to try fine. to hold on to that guy. Whatever. Like, I, take it or leave it. They could have cut him loose and I would have been okay with it also. Uh, but I, I certainly don't think they're going to be the worst team in the division next season. I think that the commanders... You know, if they can't figure out what they're going to do at quarterback, and I know they've got Eric Bieniemy coming in to help that, you know, help that offense for sure. But I think right now, with the way that the Commanders' roster is stacked up, I think they're probably the worst team in that division. But I certainly think that the Giants are better with Daniel Jones and Brian Dable together. And when you look at that contract and the fact that it's not overwhelming money. I'm okay with it. Let Jones and Dable be able to figure out better ways to make that offense work. They were probably the most surprising team in that conference last season. I think they overperformed a little bit, but I, I certainly don't think that they're going to regress. Uh, I have too much trust and faith in Brian Dable to think that's going to happen. I, I Well, look, I, I, I'm betting more on just talent on the roster. I think Washington, and obviously I'm assuming they get better at quarterback than what they were. I just think their roster overall is better. Certainly I think Philadelphia is, and I do still think Dallas is, even though Dallas is headed in the wrong direction. I think the Giants surprise the world, and they could get better. You know, And I'm talking about on March 8th. If they go out and add a couple of receivers, then, then you know I'll probably think differently. Daniel Jones, though, is really interesting because you said he's Brian Dable is unlocked or gotten the best or whatever. Daniel Jones threw for 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, and five interceptions last year. I'm not saying right? what he did last season is the best that he can do. I'm saying that the combination of that coach and that quarterback, I think, gives Daniel Jones a higher ceiling long term. Daniel Jones was really good against Minnesota in two games and, and you know, kind of average as a thrower in the other games. But again, like, I don't think he has a lot to work with. And and I do think he is a really dynamic runner of the football. Um, he's, you know, he's, how old is he? 25 years old. So you think that there's at least a few years of that dynamic running left in there, whether that lasts forever, I don't know, but it probably lasts at least the length of this contract. He's got to get better as a thrower for sure. But again, the, I think the reason he's so interesting is because he hasn't had anybody to throw to. So, like, at some point, you, you've got to have some receivers or pass catchers. I, it's a, He's a really interesting, and he has been forever. Like, going into every season, I think, like, what is, what is Daniel Jones? Because he's not bad. I think we all know that. Like, he's not, he, he's a, he is a, a quarterback that can play in this league. What's his ceiling? What can he be? We definitely saw Dable get the best of him, which makes sense because there's some of his games, some of it, that could be Josh Allen-esque, right? So that makes some sense. I just, this is the cost of a quarterback. 
And the reason it becomes so intriguing to me is, man, what if what if he does continue to get better? What if they do get some weapons in there and he does become a bona fide, clear cut, you know, top ten type quarterback? You got him on forty million a year, which is expensive for a quarterback, but I don't know how expensive that's going to be, you know, in two years from now. I mean, I think the Giants got a pretty good deal. Four years, right? It's pretty much the cost of doing business at the position. They don't have to worry about it. It's not going to hamstring the franchise by any means financially, at least in the short term. But it's fine. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. But it also underscores the daunting task that faces Cincinnati and the Chargers and some of these other teams with great young quarterbacks that got to pay them. Like, ah, Bless America. It's expensive. Quarterbacks are expensive. And think about think about how bad the Giants had been for a long time. Uh, even the first few years of Daniel Jones at the, the starting position, they were not a good team. And he led them to a playoff win. And of course, they were playing the Vikings. And I think that the Vikings had been overrated for most of the season for sure. But uh, I mean, come on, like how long it had been, how long had it been since the Giants had won a playoff game? And, and Daniel Jones, I think with that playoff win, that was a large reason as to why he was able to secure that contract. And you know what? I think that that combination, I mean, they went nine, six and one last year, as I mentioned before, probably the most surprising team in that entire conference and maybe the most surprising team in the NFL. And, you know, he's not ever going to overwhelm you. I don't think with the, with the kind of stats that he puts up, um, I think that he can surprise you with the way he runs the football. But all in all, I, I I don't have an issue whatsoever with the Giants wanting to lock him up long term. And and especially, as you mentioned, in the world of expensive quarterbacks, I don't know if the alternative was a better option. I know that they could have franchise tagged him. But, you know, look, like I, I don't know if the Giants necessarily had the appetite to go out and try to find somebody else and try to start over in that quarterback search. So the way that, you know, they were able to handle the Daniel Jones situation, I'm totally fine with. Uh, it's, it's interesting. So if Daniel Jones is worth, you know, four years and 160 million, and he got uh, of that 82 guaranteed, so half. So if Daniel Jones is worth that at 25 years old, essentially the same age as Lamar Jackson, what is Lamar Jackson worth? NFL memes, which is a pretty funny Twitter account most of the time, if you're, you know, not, if you just like jokes, uh, tweeted a minute ago, breaking the New York Yankees are reportedly out on Lamar Jackson, <laughs> the Ravens quarterback. So, like, this is, and it all comes, for, because Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson are similar in age, right? But their body of work is in a different universe, You've got a former MVP who is pretty consensus in that world, who makes the playoffs basically every year. And you have Daniel Jones, who you know made the playoffs last year, but before that never won any games at all, uh, didn't put up any numbers, still doesn't, runs it pretty well last year. And he got four years and $160 million and half of that guaranteed. What's Lamar Jackson worth then? You know, if that's what Daniel Jones is worth, and we just said that that seems like a pretty good deal, right? Seems pretty right. What's Lamar Jackson worth at that point? I, I, I guarantee that, if Lamar Jackson was asking for what Daniel Jones ended up getting, he'd probably have it by now. Uh, you well, know, sure. I, I know that. But he shouldn't right? be I mean, asking for that because if that's what Daniel Jones is worth, right. he's worth, worth way more. 
it's apples and oranges, I think. I don't think you can compare the two really at all because, you know, Daniel Jones, I don't think overestimated his worth. Um, I think that I think that he had a realistic expectation as to what he deserved and what he wanted. And I'm sure that there were, you know, negotiations going on. There absolutely was because there were discussions about the Giants putting the franchise tag on Daniel Jones. But I think ultimately Jones and the Giants were able to settle at a place where they felt like it was fair. It was a fair contract and a fair offer that Daniel Jones ultimately signed. I think Lamar Jackson, I'm not saying he's not worth a lot more money because he absolutely is. But I also think that the fact that he wants Deshaun Watson type guaranteed money. I mean, I think you have to compare Lamar Jackson to those other contracts. You have to compare him to the Deshaun Watson and the Kyler Murray and all of that. I don't think you can compare him to what Daniel Jones just signed. That's apples and oranges. Well, no, what I'm not comparing it. I'm saying if that's what Daniel Jones is worth, right, who got 40 million a year, which would put him, you know, going into last year in that top 10, basically, that basically about 10 guys making that. And then Derek Carr uh, is going to make 37 and a half and Cousins 35 and Goff 33. I just wonder, because Rodgers leads that category in average a year at just over 50. Russ got 49, and this is according to OverTheCap.com. Kyler Murray got, is getting 46 and and is the next highest outside of Russell Wilson guaranteed money. Josh Allen got 150 guaranteed and is making 43. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, uh, only took 141 guaranteed, right? Uh, of, of his deal that's fully guaranteed, I should say. And and he's at $45 million a year. Again, when we talk about Patrick Mahomes on a team-friendly deal, we mean Patrick Mahomes is on a team-friendly deal. He is. That was a part of the beauty of that. Uh, and it's why the Chiefs have so much flexibility. I don't think Lamar Jackson's taking a team-friendly deal anywhere he goes. Is Kyler Murray the benchmark? $46 million a year. Uh, 230 over the total, which doesn't really matter. It's all about that guaranteed money. 160 of it guaranteed. Russ got 165 guaranteed. I mean, if you're a bidder, can you say, we'll give you 170 guaranteed on whatever the rest of the structure is? And at that point, it's just basically like, look, Lamar, we'll give you the most guaranteed money outside of Deshaun Watson because we're not doing that. Is that good enough? And if it's not, then we're out. And and that's why, you know, you wonder what leagues know, but how would leagues know what Deshaun Watson wants unless Baltimore has told them what he wants because he's his own agent. He doesn't necessarily, in theory, have somebody out there telling these owners what he's looking for. So, like, you know, is is that the collusion? Is Baltimore saying, look, guys, this is what he wants? I, I don't know. But I know that if you get into that stratosphere and you've got it tied to a couple of first-round picks— that is a hard sell to me. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Like, what team does it make sense to do something like that? And and that's where it gets a little trickier. Because if we know that he, or if we think that he wants fully guaranteed money, when we had that conversation yesterday, right, of what team could he help win a Super Bowl that it'd be, you know, that it'd be worthwhile to give up two first-round picks, that conversation, I think there are quite a few teams. But when you say you also have to pay him whatever it is, whether it's the most or close to it, but the you know the fully guaranteed deal, then that list, I mean, I think it shrinks to zero. Like, what team would be that desperate? I, I just don't know. 
Well, I mean, look, I think you're going to find a team that probably will be. Uh, maybe not exactly what Lamar Jackson wants, but teams were desperate enough. The Broncos were desperate enough to give Russell Wilson the world, and the the Browns were desperate enough to give Deshaun Watson the world. Uh, you know, so th- there are examples of teams, you know, doing that. But I do think that we're starting to see a little bit of an overcorrection uh, from the part of the NFL and the teams in the NFL not wanting to pay out that that those dollars. And as far as what I would be comfortable giving Lamar Jackson as far as in comparison to other quarterbacks, you know, Josh Allen makes $43 million a year. Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott each make about $40 million a year. I would put Lamar Jackson kind of in that category around a Josh Daniel Allen. Daniel Jones just got paid $40 million a year. Okay. Cool. The market resets I, since those guys have signed their deals. That's the problem. I mean, the market always I would be resets. comfortable and I would be comfortable giving him Josh Allen type money at around 43 million. What I wouldn't be comfortable doing is contributing into that whole uh, narrative of the, the, the massively inflated guaranteed dollars like you're doing with Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray and all of that, because I do think that there is something to be said for the market can reset in one direction, but I think that it also can be reset in the other direction too. And eventually I think Lamar Jackson is going to find a team. Uh, And I think he, you know, either he's going to find a team and come off of his demands a little bit, or he's going to set out the entire season. And I don't think that that's good for Lamar Jackson's business. So, you know, ultimately I think somewhere a deal will be done. I don't know exactly who I hate. We mentioned him before, maybe the commanders, you know, that could, I mean, they're in need of a quarterback and you know, maybe you could pair up Eric B and Lamar Jackson, and that would be something fun to watch. Uh, I don't know, but I, I do think that there's a team out there that is going to be desperate enough to give up two first round draft picks and sign Lamar Jackson, because we've seen it before, whether or not that's the smart thing to do. I don't know. Probably not, but we've seen the Browns do it. We've Mm. seen the Broncos do it. The Cardinals have done it. There are teams desperate enough to make that kind of deal. That's so crazy. I just, you know, I, I, and I get Lamar Jackson too. Like Lamar Jackson's not, I don't necessarily think he's playing this wrong. I I hope that's not implied because I, I know that, Lamar Jackson seems to have a very good understanding of his perceived shelf life in all this, and I think that's why he's fighting for what he's fighting for. Um, I I think that Kyler Murray is definitely the bare minimum of what you need to get, and you need to get more than Kyler Murray because you're a better player and the market needs to reset itself, right? So Lamar Jackson needs to at least get that, but I think he understands that the difference in not fully guaranteeing a Patrick Mahomes deal or a Josh Allen or guys that, you know, just physically seem like the chances of staying on the field and playing a long time are a little higher. Lamar Jackson takes contact a lot, right? Like he takes a lot of contact. And the league shows us through guys like Russell Wilson and, you know, some, and Dak, even Dak Prescott doesn't really run anymore. I, I think Lamar Jackson understands that. And, and I don't think he's wrong in any of this either. I think you've at least got to beat the Kyler Murray deal by whatever it is, by a penny. Like, it's at least got to be Kyler Murray. That's got to be the benchmark, and maybe it needs to be Russell Wilson. I don't know. But, I mean, Lamar Jackson's done more in this league than Deshaun Watson, than Kyler Murray, uh, than than Dak Prescott, (laughs) than Daniel Jones. It's just like, it's, it's crazy. This is such a fascinating case of like how this is going to go. I got no idea. 
I mean, I think the Ravens look pretty smart in this, right? Because they can just give him a, you know, they can just tag him, right? If they're not going to get anybody to do it, then they just tag him again. And they kick that can down the road. And then next offseason, we don't have this issue because it doesn't cost any team two first-round picks to go get Lamar Jackson. And maybe that's the most likely outcome here is just that the Ravens get to tag him again. And, Maybe he and, doesn't play this season. Maybe he I says, don't. I'm not playing for the Ravens. But I don't know what that does to his free agency status either. Like, I don't know if that delays his free agency. I'm not exactly sure how that works. 869-1240 is the number to call. I, I, I don't know. Maybe everybody else isn't as, like, intrigued by this as I am. But sometimes these things to me just, like, I cannot get a good grasp of it. And I can't stop watching. Like, what is going to happen here? 869-1240. We'll come back. Uh, We'll give away one more set of movie tickets, I believe. Is that right, Jad? We have one more set here. Uh, Our final set of movie tickets. We'll do that as we make our way through the program today. Get you ready for the rest of the day here on KFH and our family networks. It's Sports Daily with all Brockton Caster. All right, welcome back to Sports Daily. Uh, ESPN's Kimberly Martin reporting that the Jets group is returning from meeting up with Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, it seems like this is all going to happen, right? Like, it seems like Rodgers is going to be a Jet. I don't know what would hold it up. The Packers, uh, I think, pretty clearly want to move on. The Jets definitely want Rodgers. It's a good fit for Rodgers, right? He'll have a a talented group of skill guys, a good run game, a good line, a good defense. Rodgers enters the AFC East, Tommy. Let's hypothetically say that happens. What does that do to that division? I think it definitely puts them ahead of New England. There's no question about that to me. Does it put them where Miami and Buffalo are? Buffalo's at the top. I mean, I I absolutely could see a world where if Rodgers goes there, the Jets become the best team in that division. No offense, Buffalo fans. I I mean, I think it could be that big of a difference. Well, I I certainly think it puts them ahead of Miami. I think that Miami will end up taking a little bit of a step back uh, until they actually get a better idea on what they have with Tua and if his health is at a point to where he can still be productive. Uh, And then if they need to go find another option, I don't exactly know the way that that will all pan out. Um, But I I certainly think that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets will put them ahead of Miami and New England for sure. Uh, And yeah, maybe Buffalo. I think that between Buffalo and and the Jets at that point, they're going to be competing for supremacy in that division for sure. And I think that you can then put in the Jets as you know, either a divisional winner or at the very least a wild card contender uh, in the AFC. At that point, all bets are off because you've got all that young talent and a Hall of Fame quarterback uh, that has something to prove. So that would be a really interesting divisional race. It it would be. Um, I, I just, it makes too much sense not to happen. They brought in Hackett. Right. Like that's that's what the Broncos tried to go do. So clearly there is a relationship there. We wouldn't see two different teams now, you know, going that route. I don't know what the cost becomes, but if Green Bay really wants him out that bad and the Jets are willing to take on the money, I don't I don't even know that it's going to cost that much. Right. Because if you're Green Bay, if you can just offload the contract, if if you've identified that you want to move on and, and rebuild to some degree. 
then what what do you demand back in a trade? But you also, at the same time, and we talked about this yesterday, Tommy, you know that they want him and they're desperate. So, like, you got to milk it a little bit. But if you're that desperate for things to go on, and I guess that doesn't really have anything to do with Rodgers, right? Like, so if if you're if you're Green Bay, you can have that negotiation and it doesn't tank the deal because what's going to happen, right? Ah, we want a first. We ain't giving you a first. Okay, well, we're going to have to have it. You know, I, I, I don't know. But it's uh, it's another off season of this with Aaron Rodgers. And, and I think... I mean, are we, we're not getting any indication that he wants to retire, right? Like, we're pretty sure he wants to play at this point. I, I, I mean, how do you walk away from $50 million when you know there's a suitor? When, when you know that you're still playing relatively well and there's a team that wants to pay you that and would be a team that could give you a chance at a Super Bowl? I mean, I don't, I don't think that—I think the chances of him retiring are very, 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 very low. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't think that the the Jets organization would fly out to meet with them and they would have all these conversations and talking with the Packers if they didn't have a pretty solid indication that Aaron Rodgers wanted to return. On top of that though, I don't really know if the Jets are super desperate. Like, I think they they really want Aaron Rodgers and and why wouldn't you with the team that you have assembled and you can bring in Aaron Rodgers and that adds, you know, instant credibility and a playoff hunt and all of that for the Jets. But I think they do have a little bit of of a bargaining chip here because while Aaron Rodgers may be the golden goose that they really want, they could also have a contingency plan in place. There are still other quarterbacks that are on the market like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I know that that's a clear downgrade from Aaron Rodgers, but if all else fails and Aaron Rodgers you know, retires or they can't get a deal done, I don't think they have to position themselves as desperate to the Packers to get a deal done for Aaron Rodgers. I think they can say, hey, we really want him, but we also have a couple of other backup plans that if this doesn't work, we feel okay about it. It's not the it's not the greatest thing for us, but we feel okay about it. So I don't necessarily think that the Jets are in this really dis, you know, disadvantage in the conversations with Green Bay where they've got to be like, look, it's Aaron Rodgers or bust for us. I think they do have some potential backup plans that would be a step down, but ultimately, you know, could still lead them to a better success at the quarterback position than what they had before. Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll see. I, I just, the other thing is too, like how quickly does all this need to happen, right? Like what, what is a timeline here? Because the jets have to know they can't put themselves in the same situation that, you know, they can't put themselves in the same situation that the Broncos got in, or they might do something crazy. And the other question I would have, and I don't know if the Jets are one of the teams that have, you know, weighed in on Lamar Jackson is, is there a pivot to Lamar Jackson if you're the Jets? You know, if 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 Rodgers isn't going to work, do you get into that world? Lamar Jackson with the Jets would be very interesting, right? If they can run the ball, I you know, I don't know how much he fits with, Garrett Wilson and and Elijah Moore, the two talented young receivers that they have, but you know, talented receivers have had success with Lamar Jackson, and and it, you could probably find it. I I mean, he's certainly a better thrower than they had in Zach Wilson, right? Like he's he's better than that. So, but but I think his skill set in a team that was, should be able to run the ball effectively next year would be interesting. Are the Jets at the point with either of these quarterbacks, Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, that they would need to be able to say, yeah, we'd give up the first round capital, first round draft capital. 
are the Jets good enough that they do that deal to put them over the edge? Because we've seen this both work and not work, right? We saw it work with Matt Stafford, and now it's not necessarily working with Matt Stafford. We'll see what his health is this year. And we saw it not work with Russell Wilson. So we've seen both. We know it can work. We know it can be worth it. And we know it can fail. Are the Jets in a position when they're as young as they are to be that desperate, do you think? Well, I'll, I'll kind of answer your question with the question. If you're the general manager of the New York Jets and you have your roster assembled, and let's say that all things are equal, regardless of the, the salary, regardless of the draft picks, would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson? Take the salary out of the picture, the contract, the draft picks, all of that, and just pure talent with the team that you currently have assembled. Do you think you have a better chance to win the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson? Next year? Yeah. Just next year? Yeah. With, with, the, with the roster that's there, probably Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's some injury risk with Lamar baked into that. I don't know how healthy he is. He never did, never was able to get back. Probably Aaron Rodgers. I do think he's a little bit better of a fit with the pass catchers in New York. Um, you know, can can the Jets turn around the style of the offense quick enough to capitalize on Jackson in the first? I, I think Rodgers. Now, Rodgers could be done after next year. I mean, I don't. who knows on that end? So that makes that riskier too. But I also think if you're the Jets, you need to consider, well, what if we get Jimmy Garoppolo and take another swing at the draft, right? Like what if we, I, I don't know. Like I, I just, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. It is for the Jets. I do think though they're in a position where they don't have to be desperate because I think their roster's young enough that, if it doesn't work out with Rodgers and you don't think you can get something reasonable done with Jackson, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to get Garoppolo, for instance. It would have been fine to get Carr for me and and just continue to try to get the young guy, which is what you know the ultimate goal is for every team. Maybe Lamar Jackson is the young guy. I don't view him that way, even though he's only 26, because there's already a lot of mileage there uh, as a runner. And, and we just don't see that typically hold up for a long period of time in the NFL for any position, by the way, right? Skill players, like nobody ages well that relies on their speed and running and doing all those things. You know, linemen can play a long time. They don't have to run. Uh, quarterbacks can play a long time. The ones that don't have to run. Uh, you know, one spot is DBs, I guess. Defensive backs do run a lot, and they play. They they tend to have long careers. So I I don't know that that was a weird tangent that I just went on. So sorry. <laughs> I think that I think that Garoppolo is a fine backup plan for them. I don't think they need to be desperate in any way. I think you could you could bear the risk of desperation on Rodgers because he's not going to cost you two first, right? Like Lamar would. I think the price tag for Rodgers will be lower. So I would say I would say for a lot of reasons probably Rodgers. I'm okay with that, and I think that that goes back to my point about how the Jets can position themselves in the conversation with Green Bay. So I, I think that ultimately both the Packers and the Jets, they are looking to accomplish things right now, and, and they've, they've obviously identified each other as the preferred partner to make this happen. And this is all assuming that Aaron Rodgers wants to come, come back and play next season, which I think we all think he does. The Packers want to get rid of Rodgers and as much of that contract as they possibly can because they're ready to move on to Jordan Love. 
the Jets feel like they've got the team where a, a quarterback the stature of Aaron Rodgers can put them over the edge and they can go and win a Super Bowl. Uh, and I think that they are willing to you know, negotiate at a place to where maybe they don't have to pay all of Aaron Rodgers' salary. And I think that Green Bay probably would be willing to take on some of it. So I think that they can both accomplish what they want to get out of it without either side coming off as desperate. And I, I don't think that Lamar Jackson should really change anything for either side. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo should change anything for either side, and he won't. But but certainly He's Lamar Jackson and his plan. situation. I mean, the, I think the cost to acquire Lamar Jackson is going to be significantly higher for the Jets than if they want to go ahead and try to make something happen for Aaron Rodgers. And so at that point, I'm with you. I think Rodgers is going to be the best fit in New York, regardless of the the, the Lamar Jackson situation. Yeah, just this Lamar thing. I, I just don't know what it means to anybody. Like, it is so strange. Uh, but yeah, Rodgers to the Jets seems like it makes the most sense. Seems like it is trending in that direction. Uh, these these off-seasons of the NFL the last two years have been absolutely insane at the quarterback position. 869-1240. We'll come back. We'll talk a little college hoops as we make our way through Sports Daily. Let's give away that final four-pack of tickets, Chad. We have one more, correct? All right, so we'll do it right now. Second caller. We'll do the second caller this time during the break. 869-1240. Get your hands on a four-pack of tickets to see the early showing for the new DC movie Shazam! Fury of the Gods. It's tomorrow at 7 o'clock, Boulevard Theater in Town West Mall. Second caller. We'll be back on Sports Daily. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. everybody sports daily kfh jacob albrock tommy caster if you missed anything on the show today uh you can go back and find it on kfhradio.com or the free odyssey app jake our final winner of those movie tickets congratulations to all of our winners enjoy the movie on us here at sports daily tomorrow at boulevard town west theaters tommy you know we talked about uh yesterday i believe it was if there's going to be a chance to bet on the big 12 tournament winner we knew it was coming those uh, that is available at BetMGM, um, which is where we go. So I'm going to tell you the odds of the Big 12 tournament winner here. This is right from, like, to the second, BetMGM.com. And, you know, your odds to win it right now. Kansas is the favorite at plus 225. Texas, next favorite, 3-1. to one. Baylor, 4.5-1. to one. Kansas State, 6.5-1. to one. TCU, 7.5-1. to one. And if you want to extend it to one further... It's Iowa State at 11-1. to 1. That's the top end of the Big 12. West Virginia, Tech, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma rounded out. Um, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma have the same odds to win it, which is interesting, I thought. But anyway, of those, and, and probably those five that we've mentioned as Final Four caliber teams, of the odds I just gave you, 
Where do you think your best money is? It's not Kansas at plus 225 no. right now. That's too – and that's not that I don't think Kansas is going to win it. I honestly don't know who I think is going to win it. I really don't. Uh, like, I don't have a good feel for it. I don't have a good grasp on it. I have no, like, gut call on who's going to win this tournament. TCU of that group is at plus seven and a half and and kind of have been on my mind. K-State's been on my mind a little bit at six and a half. I think for me, it's one of those two. You know they have to play each other, though, in the opening round, so it limits your ability there uh, if you take, like, a combination of those two, let's say. It's tricky. I don't know. I don't know who I would bet. I don't. It's not Kansas and it's not Texas for me at two, two, little no. under two and a half to one or three to one. It'd be either Baylor at four and a half, Kansas State at six and a half, or TCU at seven and a half to one. That would be what I'd bet. I would do a coin flip between Baylor and TCU, and I, I would probably give it to TCU because the odds are better. Uh, I right. like both of those teams to potentially win the Big 12 tournament, uh, but because the odds are or that much better for TCU, um, I'd probably put my money down on them. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I do like K-State, I think, more than some predictors in this tournament at 6.5 to 1. I, I kind of like K-State here. K-State has as much to play for in this tournament as any team. And I don't know how much you talk about that stuff if you're in that locker room, right? Like, hey guys, if we can go win this, there's a chance we end up in Kansas City. And that would be awesome. I don't know how much you care about that if you're a coaching staff or players. I really don't. Like, genuinely, we'd have to ask a coach that that's been at this level. Do you talk about those things to your players? Uh, but they do. It's there, right? It exists for them. And I'm not sure there's another team that has anything that right in their face. Maybe there is. We obviously are more tuned in to what K-State has on the line. And I do think that with those two guys at the top, if they stay out of foul trouble, I mean, we've said K-State's good enough at its best to win a national championship, which is wild. But they got two All-Americans. I mean, that's not many teams have that sort of top-end talent. So it's one of those two teams for me, and maybe it's both. Maybe I'll lay a little bit on both because you're protected. And then, you know, if you know one versus the other because your total odds get a little better. Here's another question for you. Taking away the top tier of the Big 12, and let's talk about Texas Tech, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I guess Iowa State in there, too. Who do you think out of those teams would be most likely to make a dark horse run and West could win the Big 12 tournament? West Virginia. Um, yeah. I think it's West Virginia. I think, you know, they got 16 to 1 odds, so they may be worth a dart throw, too. I think at their best of those teams, their best is better than everybody else's best, if that makes sense. Um, I think Eric Stevenson can take over a game offensively that way. And they've got the coach who's been here a thousand times in Bob Huggins. So to me, it's West Virginia uh, for sure. Oklahoma is an interesting one. I don't think it's tech anymore with all the chaos they've gotten. I'm just not sure Oklahoma State has the firepower. Oklahoma is relatively intriguing because we know Porter Mosier's success in this tournament setting. We know they've got some really talented players on that team, and their best has been good enough to house Alabama, who's in the conversation for the best team in the country. So Oklahoma's pretty interesting, but I think West Virginia has been more consistent. So I'd say of the dark, dark horses, it'd be West Virginia. So, of course, the opening round uh, is tonight, and OU and Oklahoma State will play. And I think Oklahoma State is pretty desperate. Uh, Oklahoma State, I think they've got a win tonight. If they want to be on the right side of the NCAA yeah. tournament, 
uh, choices. So they, they, they finished the conference season eight and 10. I think you got to win tonight. You cannot have an early round exit and expect to make it on selection Sunday. Yeah, I probably agree with that. I like Oklahoma State. I root for them. I think they're a cool program. I think they got hosed on the violations deal. It just still bothers me that that happened. So, yeah, I pulled for them a little bit. Uh, It all starts tonight, and then it really gets going tomorrow. Can't wait for it. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Sports Daily right after this. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.